0: Hello, everybody. Here we are for another Remnant Reveal. Rick, my friend Rick is here with me. And then today, we also have a great special guest. This is an absolutely awesome podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Please hit the bell. And uh, and in the comments, let us know that you're actually uh, listening and what's happening in your life. We love you. There's nothing you could do about it. So, Rick, if you would, introduce our guest today.
1: Yeah, well, we have a very special friend, Miss Fanchon yeah. Stinger, who is a uh, a longtime friend, but also a trusted colleague that uh, we have worked with. She's a fifteen-time award-winning fifteen Emmy award-winning, times.
0: fifteen Emmys uh,
1: TV wow. news anchor. She has recently come out of that world and gone into uh, some private ventures, yes. which are very exciting. But she's also a a host, a featured speaker, a uh, an actress. Um, oh gosh! Yeah, she's been. He's laying uh, it on thick. Well, they? it's, she's and it's been none of it's All mean. kinds of arenas, <laughs> and uh, but in all of that, uh, really uh, talking about what we talk about here, which yeah. is pointing people back to her face. So we're yeah. glad to have you with us. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for being here. Yeah, thank thanks. you
2: both. This is, a, this is such an honor to be sitting at oh, the table with both heart? of you. Um, your voices, your mm. heart for people, the example that you guys set. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being bold with the truth. Um, and I'm just gl- delighted to be here. And all those things you just mentioned, Rick, none of it's me. It is all mm. Jesus opening doors and the Lord using me um, through lots of I would say discipline, lots of correction, a lot of those things. You know, we all have to walk our journey, but I'm just blessed to be here today to hopefully um, give hope to other people and just to share my heart. So I'm
0: glad you love Jesus with all your heart. That's yes. so, that's so powerful, and it comes out. You have Jesus on the inside; he shows up on the outside. Yeah. You can't help it. It's that it's that God glow. Yeah. So, well, I'm you. you've glad been to you're such
1: here. a well-respected journalist and TV news anchor. Um, for a lot of folks, you've, uh, you've spent many years covering, uh, obviously, a lot of police issues. Yes. Um, we've had the opportunity, both of us have had the yeah, opportunity to work with you through news stories yeah. and different things <laughs> such as that. But a lot of folks um, may not realize your, your reach isn't just in any local community or region. You've really had a reach across this country. Uh, in a lot of different ways. You've been in some different movies, faith movies, Mm faith-based movies, which has been awesome. But uh, if people are not familiar with you while you're on the news anchor desk, you were always unashamed and unabashed about pointing people back to faith even while doing the news, which is unheard of today. Oh boy, that's wild.
2: You know, it's funny that people, sometimes people will say that to me. I never thought about it. It was just who, it's who I am. And I know what, the Lord has done in my life. And once you experience the Lord, the love, the power that he has to literally reach out of heaven and reach down into your heart, reach down into your life, Mm. protect you, teach you, uplift you, hold you, comfort you, all of those things, once you experience that personally, no one can take that from you. And when I came to Indianapolis, I sat down with the management at the time and I told them, I said, I've been through so much in my life and the Lord has been so good to me. That's who I am. It's not what I do on a Sunday, but it's who I mm. am Sunday to Sunday, there you go, 24 that's seven. Right. I said, if that's a problem, because that's how I'm going to tell the news. That's what I speak about when people ask me to come speak and talk about my story and my journey, that's what it is. So if yeah. that's a problem, please don't hire me because I won't yeah. be the right person for that job. You know, right? and in this role we see, and, and Rick, you guys see it, you see it at being a pastor. Oh, um, every day. People need hope. And we have the opportunity. A lot of times, I would say the Lord gives us the responsibility to step into people's lives at points where they really need, maybe just a hug, maybe just a prayer, That's maybe right. it's just a smile, mm. Mm. Um, and maybe it's a word of encouragement. But He gives us the privilege of stepping into that place and using what He has done in us to convey and hopefully extend that grace to other people.
0: Yeah the 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 Bible the Bible the Bible says that hope deferred doesn't make the heart healthy, doesn't make the heart beat stronger. Mm. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. So that's to the very core of your being, your spirit man or woman. Yeah. So if hope is deferred, or if you have a sense of great hopelessness, you're you're sick down to the core of your very being, yeah. in your heart. Yeah. So for us as uh, as hope doctors, we gotta <laughs> come in, man, and and, in, and inject people's lives with there is a hope. There is hope. There is help. Mm-hmm. There is an answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a voice yeah. the from hope. heaven. The, the hope. The answer. Yeah. I am the way. The truth. The life. Yes. No man comes to the Father but by me. And if we stay strong on that message, people start realizing, and feeling, and sensing. There's something in this for me that can help me in my situation So, where I am today.
1: uh, The vast majority of people that watch the podcast here are law enforcement officers, their families, but we're also finding that many outside of law enforcement are starting to tune in because it's a place where they can get that message of hope through a unique perspective for some. Why don't you share a little bit with viewers of some of your background? So we talked about you being in the media. How long were you in the media, the news media?
2: Nearly 30 years. Wow. No and kidding. Yeah, and before I go into that, I just wanna to say to our law enforcement family, I mm. just wanna say thank you for what you do. And I just wanna say there's so many people across this country praying for you oh each and every goodness. day, every minute of the day. Um, just know that the respect, the value, um, and the appreciation runs deep in this country for our law enforcement. If not for our law enforcement, um, what we're already seeing would be so much worse. So we just pray Hmm. for all of you, for your families. I know the families sacrifice a lot when they say goodbye to that law enforcement member when they walk out the door they don't know what's going to happen. So I just wanna say thank you for representing Law & Order. Um, of course, there are always challenges in every industry, mm-hmm. um, but for the vast majority of those officers who every single day go out and put their life on the line, um, thank you, and we well, appreciate that. Thanks for saying so, that. That's yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um so yeah i was in the media years? for nearly 30 years i don't believe that <laughs> she, she barely um, looks 30 years old you that's guys right. are much too having kind. had a career for <laughs> thank you for years. that <laughs> um Jesus, I, I guess i had, i gotta thank my parents for that that was that's Jean so that's right. but thank you for that um and I always knew, and, and I don't know if you even know this, but I, was ve- I am very introverted. So as a child, I did not speak much at all. Is that right? No. Um, wow. Because I was always, the self-confidence was always pretty <laughs> wow. low. Um, I went to all-girls school, so I was in a very sheltered environment. Okay. And I was always taught, my parents always taught us, God has a plan for you. God mm-hmm. has a plan for your life. You were made for a purpose. That's and and I remember sorry. in eighth grade, I remember sitting there thinking one day, well, God, well, what is my purpose? Why am I here? I am so afraid to talk to people. I'm so afraid. I just didn't feel comfortable in my skin. I had low self-esteem. Wow. Uh, and I will tell you what you see today is a result of God's work in my life there and him go. putting the people in front of me that he knew I needed for what he called me for. So when I was 15, I was looking at, I had to do a project on a career you're interested in. Well, at first I thought medicine, then I thought law. I worked in a law firm. I said, mm, it's not really for me. Medicine, I said, well, I don't really like math, so that would be a problem. <laughs> um, and I was just flipping through a book one day and I came across journalism. And what I saw that ignited a passion in me was the ability to make a positive impact in your community, traveling, and being able to meet and speak. speak. Right. And I never thought about being on TV. and I'm just going to tell you a quick little story if we have time. Absolutely. Because so time God is want. so humorous <clears throat> and I find so much joy in his character and how just he's funny sometimes. <laughs> so he put so many people in front of me that helped me come out of my shell, that, helped, that knew how to help me develop confidence. And put me in places like being on a student newspaper. And when I was in college, being on the radio, I used to go to a cable station, sit in a closet, and read press releases wow. during college just so I could get used to talking and mm-hmm. being comfortable with the microphone.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because that people don't realize when you do radio or you do things like that and you have no audience, it really does build your confidence. Yes. Because your mind starts imagining an audience exactly. being there. And it builds that that when an audience shows up,
2: you're prepared. You're
0: still talking to a wall, exactly. And mm-hmm. I had no idea
2: what I was doing, but it was like all these little. It was almost as if the Lord was putting pebble stones in front of me to guide me, like breadcrumbs, you know. Um, but it wasn't until my very first job, and I won't go into that whole story, but that was by the grace of God uh, that He gave me a mentor who created a job for me out of college and gave me that opportunity to make that into what. I wanted to make that into it was in a mid-level market. Normally you start in a very small market, but the Lord opened doors. So I started in a mid-level market and he gave wow. me a mentor that really protected me and helped me grow in the profession hmm. um, like I needed to. Well, it was maybe a year in and I was in a grocery store and a lady came up to me and said, oh, you're that lady I see on the news all the time. Yeah? <laughs> and I remember I was standing in front of the Pillsbury, those Pillsbury dough like refrigerators. I'll never forget it. And Fear gripped me because it wasn't until mm. that point that wow. I realized
1: people are watching. People
2: are watching me. People <laughs> yeah. are looking. Now, I'm the child that never wanted to have a birthday party. I would always tell my mom, "I don't want a birthday party because my, my gifts. Everyone looks at me. I, you know, I didn't right, want people. Right. Everyone <laughs> steer. I didn't want to be the center of attention. And this, this but so but nice. this is God's this is God's humor. He protected me from that realization until my passion for what I was doing and my it. calling was larger than my fear Look that's at amazing. that. and that's why i always try and tell young people you have to step into whatever those fears are but find out what your passion is find out what your why is because once that's bigger then god can use you because you're looking outside of yourself the scripture tells us consider you know don't do anything out of selfish ambition that's right um consider others more important than ourselves so that's if you right. can do that and look at your calling as a ministry, as a way to serve, being a servant leader, then Mm. whatever fears or challenges come along, that becomes so insignificant.
1: It has to be why with law enforcement officers, right? Yes. Many people, same thing, don't believe it, but most law enforcement officers are introverts.
2: Mm. Uh, I can understand that. Yeah, they really
1: are. And they they have to overcome that. And then you think about just learning to talk to people, engage with people, maybe have to order people to do things and stuff like that. Um, but that's exactly what it is. Their yeah. calling becomes bigger than those fears. Yeah. And- they step right into it.
0: This is so good. We have to have a praise break. Won't he do it Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to you.
2: Well, I, but going into my career, I always knew that there was a calling. Uh, and I didn't understand exactly what that was. But I knew it was always to represent the Lord. Does that mean I am always made the right decisions? No. There were a lot right. of lessons I had to learn along the way because the Lord had to really shape me, mold me. He had to refine me. And a lot of times that process is very painful. Right. But... I heard someone say very wisely a little while ago, a lot of times the Lord will put a call in our life. He will call us into something, but it's that period of waiting where obedience becomes so important because he needs to prepare us. If he had put me where I am today, back maybe 25 years ago or even 15 years ago, I wasn't prepared. I hadn't gone through all of the steps and all the journey, all the refining, a lot of those lessons um, to be able to be prepared for where I am today. So if you feel as though the Lord's calling you, I want to encourage you in any way, um, accept the call and then wait. Allow the Lord to prepare you for where he's going to take you and allow him to use you the way he wants to use Mm, you. And along the way, you may have to go through valleys. You may have to go, I've gone through some traumatic things, but I will tell you in all of those things, they were the sweetest lessons because I got a chance to know the Lord in an intimate way. Mm. So right. that it grew my faith so deeply that it can't be shaken.
0: When wow. when you talk about that, I don't want to tell every copper out there listening to us, you do the same thing. Absolutely. You're called to do what you do every day. But if you think about this properly, you'll understand that the first call you have is a call to prepare. That's why you go to the academy first. And then you go to FTO. Because that first part of any call from God is he's going to make sure you're prepared Mm -hmm. to do what he asks you to do. And are you going to answer the call? That's right. There you go. So first you answer the call Mm -hmm. like he did as a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, man, I just knew in my heart, I I felt that call in Mm -hmm. my life. Couldn't tell you how many cops I've talked to male Uh and female who say the same thing. I just knew deep in my heart, this is what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Not, not just do, but be.
2: And that's got igniting in you. The purpose is oh, yeah. already placed in you. That's right. And when I was fifteen I didn't realize that. But that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's powerful. That's so
0: that's such a cool testimony, Ben. What a cool testimony.
1: And so you, you do you so you get to go in and then you eventually get to where you're a news anchor. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how many years did you anchor?
2: Um, I started anchoring probably six months, a year after college. So I was called um, I got my first reporting job six months after because I, right. I was I didn't go in being on the air. I was a person that edited videotape and edited copy. Is mm-hmm. that right? And then so <clears throat> outside of doing that, I would go into work. So I worked 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. I would stay late, talk to reporters, learn, listen, watch, I would go in every weekend and I'd put a story together. Every weekend that I would do, that I would go out and do the interviews with the weekend reporter. Mm-hmm. Every Monday I would have a story on my boss's desk. I'm like, I can do this, I can do this. <laughs> so six months after starting, that is a paid intern. And by, I wanna just tell young people, when people throw, and this is just a side note, when people throw money at you, they throw fame at you, they try and throw things at you to deter you, stay focused on what God put in your heart. Mm-hmm. When I got out of college, I had job offers to go. I got a job offer to go to Wall Street to do financial consulting, I had a job offer to be a, a buyer for a major store, and they were offering me a lot of money coming out of college. Mm-hmm. My first job in television, I will tell you, was $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And my dad gave me some wisdom that I never forgot. He said, you have to go with what's in your heart, what you feel God's calling you to. And if you follow that, if you're good at what you do, if you always stand for excellence, the Lord will bless you. The blessings will come. Don't worry about that. Worry about where you're called to be, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't make sense. So six months in, I had those stories every single Monday. I can do this. I can do this. And he gave me a job as a reporter that was September, October um, and then the next six months, what did I do then? I went into the studio every weekend. After I would finish reporting, I'd go into the studio. And I'd practice anchoring, practice, practice, practice. They gave me yeah, a, a common thing. Mm-hmm. They gave me an opportunity to anchor one night, and the news director called that night and said, "It looked like you've been doing this." For such a long time. Well, yeah, I you had. had been. I'd been preparing yeah. That's since right. high school. That's right. That's right. So when the opportunity came, the nerves didn't overtake me. Ready. The confidence yeah. was there. I was ready. So it's preparation to be ready to answer the call and to be ready to step into those opportunities. So I had been anchoring since then. I was the weekend anchor. Then I became the morning anchor there. Then when I went to Detroit, I, was, uh, I anchored there my whole career. I was wow. there for 11 years before I came to Indy and I spent 12 years here in Indy. So look at that. Yeah.
1: Well, and just Already such a prepared. reputation for, uh, the, th- the thing about anchoring is you're the one that's in everybody's homes every yeah. single night, right? Yeah. And uh, the thing about anchoring and, and what you were able to do, we've been able to see is you really had, still have, the trust and confidence of viewers. That's right. That what you're telling them is factual. Because I think they also have seen that even if something has been misrepresented or, or misportrayed coming across the, the desk. Yeah you have corrected it in real time <clears throat> to make sure that they know that they're getting the facts and the truth. Well, and that's huge. Thank
0: and v- you for that. And by the way, rare. Yeah, <laughs> And there's a, and we know there's a price that's paid for that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: We know that there is a price whenever you stand up against the, uh, against the order of things mm-hmm. to do what's right. When the order is wrong, uh, there's a price that gets paid, especially in the, uh, public career, mm-hmm. uh, Area.
2: Well, there's are a few things you know I want to say about that, and it's, it goes back to the fundamentals of what journalism is. Our job basics. is yeah. to tell the, the truth, right. and to tell the truth, and to be fair, and to be balanced, that's right. to give both sides. And if you think about it, I take that so very seriously, because as you said, Rick, I am in people's homes, I was in people's homes every mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. and that is a responsibility. People are trusting me, trusting what I say. I'm going to be held accountable for that,
0: mm-hmm. not
2: just from the public. My main concern is I'm gonna be held accountable by God. And
0: he hates an unjust balance. Exactly. Not, not dislikes.
2: Hates. Hates so, unjust So if I am going to misconstrue information and not give you full, fair, balanced, accurate information, I'm taking away your right to make informed decisions. Look at that. Even God gives us Man, free will, powerful. correct? Mm-hmm. So once my, I start my, manipulating, my who do i who do i think that's i am right. to be able to manipulate what you know and trying and skew your thoughts or skew your perceptions of things so as a journalist that's what our job is now when we become, when we get called on the carpet as an industry and people are saying you're not being fair not being balanced our response should be oh my goodness i'm so sorry we need to go back and fix this that didn't happen mm, unfortunately that's right. Because people have agendas. It became about people's agendas, and it became about pride. Well, I'm not going to accept that I'm doing something mm-hmm. wrong or misrepresenting. So now I'm not saying that everyone in the media does this. There are few people that do stand and they're not afraid. They're unafraid. Right. But my job was to make sure if you hear this, I want you to hear the other side. I want you to make your own decision, but I want you to be informed. I believe if people are informed on the truth. They're going to they're choose well, and they're going to make, the right, well, right. Going to make yeah. the right decision. But if you don't even give people the opportunity to do that, it's that's to me, that's very wicked. Do you know and it's very unjust.
1: Do you know how refreshing that has to be for officers and their oh families to hear from a mm-hmm. journalist talking about reporting and journalism and the media? Um,
2: <clears throat> well, I can just look back, I can think back to a lot of times when we had issues going on here, Rick, mm-hmm. where we had, for instance, I'll bring up a case where there was a young man who was um, recording and filming, and it became a whole big thing. It turned into a protest, and you probably remember what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, but in that situation, my job for me as a journalist is to remind the viewers, hey, there's a lot of emotion going on right here. We do not have all the facts. Mm-hmm. This is what we know. Thank you. Let's remain calm. Let's not step in and react. Out of. That's what we should be saying. And it's the funny truth. that
1: you say that because for folks that aren't familiar with your reporting, you would actually say would that actually, live yes. on air. And a lot which,
2: of times <laughs> I'm like, well, why am, Why isn't anyone else? That's our role is right. to keep our community yeah. safe to keep people and our officers safe not to feed into an emotional frenzy that's going to end with violence with and violence end with and things, things possibly somebody dead and possibly someone losing their life right. you know right. and there were other instances where things happened and we're showing video and going we're instigating that's instigating mm-hmm. and that's fueling exactly a right. fire Rather and than putting more people fanning in
1: the flames fan the truth
2: fan the truth mm-hmm. and flam fan the Waves of calm mm-hmm. until that's we right. get all the information. There are a couple truths and there are a couple laws that will never change. You cannot attack a police officer. Like you cannot mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. You know you can, you have to be respectful. You have to. Now, do we have issues where there's too much on one side or the other? Of course right. that happens, but that's not the norm. Right. That's not that's not the standard. No. You know, and those things will be will be uh, addressed through the legal system. That's you right. have to allow that to be addressed through the legal system. Um, but there has to be respect, and there has to be, from a journalistic perspective, us taking on the mantle of being mediator or being um, a, a calming force, an agent of of truth and information, and reminding people, hey, we don't know A, B, C, and D, so let's wait, let's not Until react. As a community, let's let's com, you know, let's uh, facilitate healthy conversations about things, but not division.
0: And a journalist always has, uh, as my grandpa taught me, you always have a bucket of gasoline or a bucket of water. And when there's a fire, uh, you choose which one you throw on that situation based off of the words or the reaction that you have personally. So you can either be bringing a calm or you can be bringing, let's blow this thing up.
2: And at that moment, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I believe, it doesn't matter anything. It matters what's happening and what the truth is and what we know and we don't know. And And being honest about that is so very important. Telling the full story is so very important. Well, I,
0: I want to read a passage of Scripture, and then I have a question for you. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I'm a Bible guy. This is what I do. Well, that's I, I my favorite my book, yeah. so let's go to it. <laughs> so uh, the King James Version of this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 55. I'm going to start there, and he says, um, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, mm. unmovable, always, always abounding, abounding in, in the work, work of, of the Lord. Lord. Now, I want to, all the cops to write down first, uh, I want you to write down Romans 13, because the Bible clearly talks about you and your job, that you work for him, whether you know it or not, whether you believe in him or not, you work for him. He's very adamant about that. Your sense of law comes from him. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Um, Currently, right now, we're dealing with a young officer who was uh, killed in the line of duty. And as a reporter, of course, uh, you've had to um, uh, deal with that on the news uh, many times over throughout your your years uh, in your career. Uh, to come before the, the the community, the city, wherever you've been, and talk about these kind of stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. they the sting of death, uh, the the pain of the grave. Their officers, their families. Right now, this family, the community of yeah. this officer, they've got to deal with this pain today. Yeah, they've got to deal with the sting yeah. that they feel right now. Uh, Every police officer, they don't even know this kid, but they feel it. Mm -hmm. And so, as a journalist and uh, as a media personality, when you sit down to deal with these kind of heavy situations, what was your perspective? What is your perspective now? and how you deal with that as a, as a believer who's also uh, a media uh, personality.
2: Well, there are a couple of things, and thank you for asking that question because those are some of the hardest stories mm-hmm. to cover. I'm sure. Um, because as a journalist, first of all, I am a believer, and I am yeah. a person that has a heart. Uh, one of the things that I was very intentional about during my broadcast news career was to never let my heart get hardened and never to not feel the pain that people feel. Thank you for that. And that took intentionality, because sure. I know that God gave me the ability to feel pain on a very deep level. So I had to be very careful about how I managed that. All right. Um, and I never hid that from viewers, because I feel as though we have to be honest about the, huma- the humanity and the, the um, sensitivity of loss and the realness of loss and of pain. So there were times where I remember breaking down um, because you know what a family's going through. As a reporter, you are there oftentimes when a family member receives news that someone's been killed or someone's just died or a police officer's been shot. So you know if you've allowed yourself to really be honest about what comes with that, right. you know the pain of the family, you know the pain of the community. And for me, looking at that, when that happens, that's an opportunity to step in and to hopefully encourage that's and good. to uplift and to highlight the power of God to comfort in situations like that. Because what happens usually when something like that happens? A prayer visual will start. Sure. Well, mm. people aren't praying to a rock. They're that's praying right. to the Lord because they know inherently where comfort comes from. There you go. Whether or not you choose to believe or not believe, still people inherently know that comfort and love and they're gonna turn quite often to prayer or community or being together. So my role as a journalist was hopefully bring people together around that. And then I saw that as an opportunity to introduce people to the realness and to the power of, of Christ's love. Um, even when we had Mass shootings, same thing. same thing. People gather together. People come to the, to the town square or they come to a church. Um, so I saw that as an opportunity to exhibit and be an example of faith and God's love and hopefully um, give people what they need. You know, a lot of times when a headline is gone, a story is turned off, there are so many families still in this area of Indianapolis that I have lost loved ones but that I yeah. have always maintained contact with because wow. You don't know, after the cameras turn off, those families are dealing with depression. That's right. They're dealing That's with right. other situations. It doesn't go away, does they're it? Dealing, no, they're no. dealing with fear. They're dealing, but, but you don't realize that because you're just watching a story, it's a story, it's a story, and that can be very desensitizing. But there are moms that I still talk to who've lost yeah. you know, children, and there's one mom in particular that I hope she's listening, that she hears me, that um, I keep in contact with her because she has trouble just getting out of bed because Mm -hmm. of the depression and because of the Mm -hmm. hurt and because of the pain. So when something like that happens, that's what I think of. And my prayer always was, Lord, give me the words. Give me the discernment and the wisdom how to, from this seat, convey you and your love. Um, And a lot of times I just learned to let God move. Not in a way where I wanted to preach or tell someone you have to believe what I believe. No, not that, but if there's someone listening And praying silently for a word or for hope or for encouragement, I felt as though the Lord put me there to be that vessel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I take that very seriously. A lot of people say, well, how did you, how did you cover such hard stories? Well, how, you know, I have hope. I know that there There, is a bottom. There is, there is, there is a Lord and Savior. It's not an endless pit. You know, thank God. <laughs> we lament the brokenness in the world. Sure. We lament, we live in a, in a sinful world. We know that there is gonna be pain. There is going to be suffering, but for God. But mm-hmm. God, That's right. we have a hope. We have a comforter. We have someone who's there to pick us up when we can't pick ourselves Amen. up. And if we can just convey that, I think that that will begin the transformation in people's hearts. You can't transform a community. You can't transform a mm-hmm. person unless first there's a transformation of the heart. That's right. Um, so that's how I would I would approach those stories, and hopefully, just you know, um, and to let people know we're with them. You know, people a lot of times just need to know you care, yeah. You're with them. And I remember one instance when there was an officer shot. I remember being on the air live and feeling the pain of knowing what was going to be happening when the families were going to be notified and all of those things, and saying this has got to stop, people. Yeah, like come on, we can do better than that. We as journalists, I feel it's appropriate in some instances to say what is obvious. We've got to protect lives. We've mm-hmm. got to stop That's with the right. senseless violence. Yeah. You know, we've got to stop in terms of when it comes to, you know, division and race, all of those things. Those things are wrong. They're always going to be wrong. We can speak to those things. We need to be balanced when it comes to delivering facts and all those things. but. Hurt is hurt. Pain is pain. Loss is loss. Lives are lives. Every life, you know, is important. So we have to honor that. I mean, God says every one of us is made in his image, whether or not we believe in him or not. And we have to
0: honor that. We all go back to Adam and Eve. Yeah. Every one of us. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all here together. Well,
1: and you know, uh, again, I'm going to say this multiple times during this. I know I will. But again, for our folks to hear that. See, many officers across this country they haven't had the opportunity to work with somebody like you Mm. right they haven't had that experience yeah uh and then just the actual experiences that come along through the journeys of different stories different events that develop all those things you were talking about that you'll remember this I'll never forget it (laughs) we had a time where we had a female officer that was shot and killed Mm -hmm. in our city and um Fanchon had us on live we were talking this is live in the I don't know, six o'clock news, right? Yeah, yeah. She's at the anchor table, I'm on the phone and whatnot. And we have this officer that was killed and for really about probably three to five minutes on live television news in the middle of that tragedy, uh, she provided really the platform, not intentionally, just in in the moment in the moment where we were pointing to Christ and the cross and the peace that exists in the That's, middle of the storm. Yeah live on television news people (laughs) people can't wrap their mind around that and uh you know you think about that here's the police and the news talking about this on the news cycle and how many people did you hear complain about that i didn't hear one not one because everybody needed that hope in the middle of it and it makes you think what if what if in all places all around this country you can have those moments yes Of truth yes especially in very painful situations to have that hope there is where transformation can occur sure yeah and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast with a biblical perspective on policing and life yes and hoping that far more people than just police see this and it gives them that different angle on this when you see the humanity behind the badge see the humanity behind the news desk or that television camera Uh, A lot of powerful things can happen.
2: Well, I will tell you, media and what you guys are doing, just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being bold and following this calling Mm -hmm. um, that the Lord put on your hearts because I've always said this from the very beginning, the media is one of the most, if not the most powerful force. Oh, my Lord. In the right hands. In the
0: right hands. It
2: can be used for so much good, Mm. powerful good. In the wrong hands, with the wrong heart, the wrong motivation it can be such a destructive force. And I've been on the receiving end of both. I've been able to see through my career, which is such a blessing, and that's why I never backed down on using and finding ways to use the media for inspiration, for encouragement, for comfort, and for challenging things when things need to be appropriately challenged. But because I have been personally blessed to be able to see how God can transform a life, through media Mm -hmm. and being a part of that and also watching in other instances. But I've also been on the receiving end of how the media can be manipulated and misused for personal attacks, not just against myself but against other people and what that does. Until you have walked through someone using the media or misusing the media to misrepresent or malign or attack your character, you have no idea what that feels like. And once you Every feel that. Saying,
1: amen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Once
2: you feel that, A, you can spot it right away. That's right. But B, you never want, hopefully, anyone else to feel that same pain. So when we saw that movement across the country that was basically, and sadly it hasn't ended, but bashing police officers and doing all those things, I was very intentional about stopping a lot of time during the newscast and saying thank you to our officers. Mm when it was appropriate in stories, that was just not happenstance. Because I feel as though sometimes we get on these trains and society puts these things in place and people just kind of go along. And and for a while it felt like, well, wait a minute. As journalists, we should be saying, well, wait, yes, this is this, but what would happen if all of our police were defunded? What would happen if some of these things would happen? And a lot of times we didn't hear that, you know, an officer would do something and you guys had to make intentional decisions in terms of putting positive stories and giving pos- And you should have had to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be able to say to our officers, thank you for standing up. Thank you for responding That's in this right. situation. Thank you for those things. Even if every other voice is trying to propagate something
0: else, That's right.
2: we should be able to say and be able to see, especially in getting all the information we get that, hey, something's off here. Yeah. You know, this is not accurate. Let's look at that. Let's pull the, let's pull the covers back and educate our communities and have these conversations in positive ways, not be a voice of propagating and repeating things that we know are not fair,
0: That's not right. true. Not true, not And fair. being
2: misrepresented. Thank you. But that is a personal decision.
0: hmm
2: No, that, that, and again, that goes back to what? The individual heart. That's right. And what you see as your role and what you see as your calling.
0: I've been in many uh, countries, of course, doing missions work where there is no rule of law. The rule of law really is the the law of the jungle, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I'm here to tell you, and the whole world, you do not want to live like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of officers are military men. They've come from our past and current wars. And... Um, And they've been out in jungles and up in the mountains of Afghanistan or in the streets of lawless Iraq or different areas of different nations, and they'll tell you, there is no rule of law. It's whoever has the biggest stick. that's exactly right. Or the
2: biggest megaphone.
0: Or the biggest Mm -hmm. megaphone. Yeah. And it's wicked. Yeah. And it's tough. I've been pulled out of a vehicle traveling through areas in other countries uh, where there are guerrilla military forces and... And you're And they can do whatever they want. Oh, you're they can do whatever they want and you're in the jungle and it's their jungle yeah. and it's dark and um and and you don't know if you're gonna make it out alive. Yeah.
2: That's, we are so blessed. We have, are blessed to live in the country that we live in and, and we, to have the law enforcement that we have. We're so blessed and, and until like you said, until you experience something like that, um you really don't understand. You don't understand. The blessing that it is to lead, to just be in this country, and we don't and want foremost. these people to disappear. No, if our law enforcement disappears, we're going to be in a huge mess. <laughs> um, and thankfully, you know, Rick has you. Rick, you've been such a voice of trying to. You've been like a watchman,
1: mm, sounding right. the alarm. That's right.
2: And you started sounding the alarm a few years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. I remember when you um, had that press conference downtown Mm -hmm. after there was a shooting one weekend and you started saying then we have a serious problem with our criminal justice system the revolving door of the system we need to look at this and I was thinking okay now this is the time we're gonna look at this we're gonna expose this we're gonna get this and it needed to be said and it needed to be exposed but there was unfortunately a concerted effort to silence that message and I don't know if people will say it, but I'm going to say it because I saw it. Mm. I watched it.
0: Oh, so I, and I was on the, and, behind and the scenes. I was
2: behind the scenes yeah. on that, and I know for a fact that there were, myself included, people who were intimidated into trying not to help that message get out. That's right. And there were a few of us that said we're not going to participate in that. But there were there was an effort. Well, we're not going to talk to him as much anymore. We're not going to do this. What? If you think about the effects that that had.
1: You're talking about people's lives.
2: Yes, how many people's lives may have been saved Mm. if that message was handled correctly and honestly, like it should have been. Thank you. And laws were looked at, policies were looked at, things were challenged. People were held accountable for decisions that were being made. We would not be in this in this position, and this is not an opinion. This is not a political thing. This is what I actually saw, hmm. and it came from people behind the scenes. So you mean like an
0: here? Like, I mean, you're talking like an I'm like, talking about like, my an eyewitness experience and what you know. What I know to be a fact.
2: To be a fact, there were people told, "Oh, well, if you if you retweet this too many times, you know, you're going to put yourself in the middle of something that wasn't even ex- in existence," and when you don't have the um confidence to know and to stand and you don't feel as though you're going to be back sometimes you can capitulate to that but to watch that happen is is heartbreaking and then when it becomes so bad that you can't ignore it Mm -hmm. now to pretend like you've been you know you've been talking about this the whole time and yes we need to do something about that that is so hypocritical but you want to know Mm -hmm. i just challenge people who are in control of information and in control of the airwaves to Guard your heart first of all against hardness yeah. and against motives that are detrimental
0: mm.
2: because we are watching families be torn apart and Rick and there've been other leaders have been yelling about this and Emphatic. now we're seeing this across the country and this is not just a coincidence
1: That's right you, you have to be yeah.
2: blind to think that this is a coincidence. No, it's
1: planned. That's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, you see, that, you see the similarities going on in major cities across the nation. And you mentioned it earlier, but, you, you know, I, I, I had said it becomes the law of who has the biggest stick. And you said the biggest megaphone, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people don't think about it that way. They think about, you know, violence and all those other things. But really, there's a lot more control in a lot more uh, direction directing really just through who controls the messaging, right? Yes. Uh, And, uh, and I don't want to drive you down too far down this road. I know you've just transitioned out of media, but from this faith perspective, this issue of policing, this issue of relational tragedies that are occurring across the country, do you see that there is something to this where this influence of, who's controlling the message, who is, who is determining what will be talked about, what won't be talked about, is a detriment in the country or is it, uh, is it on a positive track, would you say?
2: That's a good question. I'm gonna answer it in two ways. Is it a detriment? Absolutely, it's destroying the country. Mm. Because people are walking away with uh, impressions and information that they think is true and accurate and fair and it's not. Wow. Um, Is it getting better? I would say it can, I believe, because there are more voices now, like this podcast, like some of the other podcasts, I think people are now seeing that something is really wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a manipulation of information? Yes, I mean, there is. Um, I could go on and tell a lot of stories about my personal experience with that, um, about what happens when you try and buck the system Mm -hmm. and try and tell the truth. Um, Rick you and I have talked about that a lot Um, and a lot of times people say oh that's just a conspiracy that's not happening just because the the person with the loudest megaphone seems like that's what you hear all the time does not mean it's true we are living in a post-truth society what does that mean Mm -hmm. that means that people are being allowed to make up the truth based on their feelings absent of actual facts and information and complete information. That's that how we get. Very well, that's my truth. Dangerous. That's your truth. Yes. Well, this yeah. is my truth. This is no. There's an absolute truth. We need to agree on that. There's an absolute truth, and then we can have the ability and the freedom to disagree, to challenge that. But once we start manipulating the truth, now we're in a very dangerous place mm-hmm. because anything can be true and the that's bible exactly, talks about yeah. what is going to happen in the last in the last days mm-hmm. good is going to be bad bad's going to be gonna good be up's going to be down yeah. you know so there is a there we're in, we're in the times of deception right now and i don't think people really realize how serious this is in terms of the deception that's being that's being played and the media is being used in many cases i don't want to you know paint a, a broad swath but the media is being used in many cases to play a big part of this deception. And people don't realize that. And, and, it, and it, it's heartbreaking because people are making decisions that are important based on not all the information, based on just half of the information. Um, and, I, it, and when I think about the whole revolving door of the criminal justice system, and I see every single night, it almost makes me sick to my stomach because this could have been avoided there's, and Rick, you're not the only one talking about this. I know there's the um, FOP in New York, they were very vocal I mean, about this you, from the very beginning. There were so many people and yeah. I, and, and so when I get, a, when I get uh, Facebook messages and social media messages from people telling me to stop and telling me why are you talking to, to so-and-so about this and, and I know this person is trying to bring the truth and trying to bring another side to the conversation, you don't want that side, then that tells me there's something wrong. So now mm-hmm, you're gonna yeah. make me look at this even more. And now you're going to make right. me become even louder mm-hmm,
1: because right. there must
2: be some reason. I don't know you. Why are you calling me and trying to tell me not to do ABC? Don't talk to this person. Don't, you know, don't interview that person. Why? Everyone has a voice. Everyone's voice is equally as important. We may not all agree on everything, but my job as a journalist is to make sure every voice is that at the table. There's an
0: equality of voices speaking.
2: Yes. And I will tell you that Rick's voice and people who are trying to bring um, awareness about this, their voices were silenced. And that is not a conspiracy. That is not just an it's opinion. It is an absolute fact that that happened. And people in the community, I hope they realize that. You know, the things that were said about him, the things, those things, that is that is all propaganda. And it's and it's and it's said by people who don't know him, don't know his that's heart, right.
0: That's right. don't
2: know the place where he's coming from.
0: That's right. And
2: that, to me, is so sad to see because in the meantime, when we, people are playing games, children are Pe- dying that's
0: right, that's right. Are moms dying. are dying Children's Dads
2: are
1: dying. grandmas are dying and it and doesn't have stable. to happen and that's not just happening in one city no that's it's happening, happening across, across the city. country and i think where you bring this uh, a different perspective to it is because you're looking at it through the lens of faith and understanding and uh, discernment as to what is actually going on way above the politics of the day he says way nothing above to do with the the, politics right Right. Mm-hmm. Say it's, that it's, again.
2: This has nothing to do with politics.
1: Yeah. But see, here's the thing. If you went out on the street corner today and you surveyed the, the population walking by and you asked them, what's at the root of all of this? The number one response you would get is it's politics. It's all politics.
2: And why is that? It's because it's the way it's portrayed in that's the all media. It's, yeah, that's all we it's we okay. should be able to step in and say, hey, community, this is not about politics. This is about A, B, C, and D. And we need to look at this as a community because why our communities are being destroyed. and it's not just one community it's gonna it's hitting every and you've said that too it's coming to a to a neighborhood near you i remember you you. saying that so many times and it's true and everyone just wanted to pretend and i when I say everyone i don't want to speak in generalities because not everyone there were people that were you know trying to sound this alarm as well but for the most part the people with the megaphones wanted it to just go away or not it not you know i don't know what i don't know what their intention behind that was but again this is not a political fight that we're in. This is a spiritual, a spiritual fight battle. that we're in. Yeah. And for those of us who have faith and who believe and who can see it, clearly God gives you very gives you a lot of clarity. Once you understand what's going on, you can't unsee what you see, you can't unknow what you know, and you can't forget what you've experienced. Right. You know what I mean?
0: And believers have to stand up.
2: It's time to, we, it's we've got time to, stand to up. speak up. That's and right. stand up Because if not
0: now, when? That's well, right, when are you gonna start?
1: Funny that you say that. So, uh, there was an opportunity on live television, happened to be the same network, but where uh, many people remember that. Remember, we had the opportunity, and I was asked the question, What is it going to take to change all this? Talking about the violence. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll remember what I did was hold up this book. That's right. But the one thing that I close with saying in there is exactly that it's time for the church to come out of the four corners and contend for the faith. The four corners of their building. Get out into the public square and contend for the faith. Same thing that we drive to our officers. Don't be ashamed of your faith. Don't allow somebody to put the basket over your light. Don't allow somebody, even if you're not, even if you don't know that you're a believer yet, Mm -hmm. you haven't taken that step in your own heart, but you know that there's something there. You know that you're serving a bigger calling than yourself explore that step into it lean into that and find out what that's about that's what i think people love about what they're watching and hearing here and i can tell you they're going to love hearing it from somebody like you that they have known or not known but to hear that other perspective i can't stress enough how big it is what you said this isn't a political issue yet it's being framed as a political issue do you find that that's really just to be a distraction to people so that the actual what's going on can occur?
2: Absolutely. Tell because us if about you're that. distracted over here, you're not paying attention to what's actually happening because you're distracted with so much noise mm-hmm. that's really noise based on smoke and mirrors
1: and this is going on nationwide nationwide At a national national level. Level.
2: yeah and this is really not anything new I think now it's just intensified I, mm. I think this has always been going on sure. we just didn't really realize to what level it's been going on because a lot of people will say you know I did a, a story on um, the sexualization of our children and obscene material in school curriculums and people I so many parents said to me well how did this happen all of a sudden? I'm like, this did not happen all of a all sudden. Of a these sudden? seeds and these people and these, this pro, these programs have been planted all along. It's almost as if it's an organized crime. And I'm not saying that these people are criminals. What I'm saying is, it's like you plant cells and then you activate the cells. That's, right. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. It's all, it's been there, but it's almost as if someone said, okay, now go.
0: It is terrorism of the heart.
2: Yes, and and people feel like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit the table. Yeah. People feel like it's happening all of a you're sudden. preaching, girl. But it's hey, really not happening Can all I prove of a it sudden. To you? Yeah. Can I prove it to you? Yeah.
1: I talk about this when I speak publicly to uh, citizen groups, churches, neighborhood groups, whatever. Uh, the greatest example you've seen has been in the last two years. Yes. Look at 2020. Yes. I always say this. You can't get two politicians to agree on anything. anything. Now, you're telling me, Not you, but we're being told this is political. You can't get two politicians to agree on anything, even if they're of the same party. Yet in every major city across this country, we watched it come unraveled in riots and destruction like a flip of the switch. And you could literally watch it go as a wave from the 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 East Coast to to the West Coast coast, across the country. Let me take it one step further. And then you also saw it all shut off at the same time. Yes. How does that happen?
2: Because it's being controlled and manipulated from behind the scenes. It's there's, clear as day.
1: There's no way that's by happenstance. And I will give Absolutely. you another
2: example of my no experience way. with that. And I'm not just speaking out of not knowing. I know for a fact that we knew when those things were happening in Indianapolis, we knew who was in town. We knew who who was busting. in. We knew who was b- giving bricks to people. We knew that. I made a call to, 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 you know, say we need to tell people this. We need to help people know what's going on, and ignored. It was ignored.
1: And that was why happening w- in every major city. It was happening in so every why major was city. It?
2: So why wouldn't yeah. we, as, as the media say, hey, there are these patterns that are very disturbing. You need we to have, be careful. We have sources them. telling us from inside that they are watching for these particular groups and these particular people. And this is very dangerous. It seems coordinated. They're 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 going after certain things. Why wouldn't we tell people that? We had people who lost their lives during right. some of those altercations that maybe would have stayed inside had they known that. Mm.
0: Do, you, oh, do you understand what oh, I'm saying? Oh, so much so that I have difficulty retaining my composure as we talk.
2: And because, that's a heavy burden right. to carry, knowing. I know it is. The calls I was making, the information I was getting, what I was being told. And and as things went on, I started saying, okay, wait a minute, I can't not talk. I can't not yeah. tell the truth when I know that there's something else going on. And boy, I was I was prepared but not really prepared for the intimidation, the pushback, all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I would gladly step into that because, at, again, at the end of the day, I know who I'm accountable to. Sure. And once you see dishonesty, once you see things, I'm not saying everyone around me or everyone in the media did that or is doing that, but I'm saying there are particular instances and particular um, powers that be or people who can try to intimidate you to, to not speak or to say things or, not to, or to not say sure. things. Um, and you just have to be wise and discerning in, in how you respond and to how, those things. Right. But we have to be talking about the church We have to be bold right now. We have to be
0: bold. And when we talk about,
2: and you talked about bringing um, our faith and not letting, you know, our our the light of our faith be covered or dampened. Um, We have to be careful that we're always telling the truth. The The truth. truth. The truth. The truth. And not someone's opinion of what the truth is, or a deconstructed version of the truth, or a watered down, minimalized version of the truth, because we are going to be held accountable for that. And people who are in the position to carry people's souls and nurture people's souls and shepherd the flock, um, those people like yourselves are gonna be held more accountable. Double judgment. Yes. Double and judgment. that's a very serious thing. You don't think thing. that's
0: a serious thing in my heart? That the
2: biblical worldview is very, very important. I tell
0: all of our young preachers here, and even some who aren't so young, um, you better understand when you stand in this holy desk called a pulpit, my, mine, mine is not a podium. That's what you find at the hotel. Yeah. Mine is a pulpit. It. I'm called by God. To stand in that holy desk and open this holy book and share the truth. Yes. And I tell every young preacher, you have a deep responsibility. Yes. Regardless of whether it brings money to you or not, regardless of whether it brings prestige to you or not. That's right. You have a holy duty, just like our cops do, to stand for the truth. Yes. The whole truth and, and nothing, nothing but, but the truth. The truth. So help, help me. me God. God.
2: Can you look up Acts twenty twenty four? I wanna sure. um I wanna read that because you know, when you're in a position like you're in and you're in a position and you're seeing things and the Lord really I will say, This is not me seeing and saying that this was really God I believe allowing me mm-hmm. to see behind the veil and to understand but he prepared me years before now to be able to understand what i'm seeing oh yes yeah, one of my favorite verses
0: just say so you no know. is it oh yeah can you read that verse because i'm not a quitter right they'll tell you everybody that knows me i'll tell you my sons will tell you the this hollands is, don't quit
2: well this is the continents that we have to step in right. to every situation with especially right now and rick when you were talking about um not letting anyone put out your your light and not letting him put you in a box and silence your voice because right now so many people need <clears throat> help and need hope. And this is what we have to yeah. um, keep at the forefront of our hearts. Sure, so,
0: so the context of those of you watching, the context of the scripture is that Paul is facing certain things in the city that he's going to. The Holy Spirit, he says, yes. has already revealed to him in verse 23, the bonds and afflictions that are that await him, the trouble that's coming in his life. And instead of him saying, Man, I'm I'm asking the Lord, please don't make me go through this. Please, Lord Jesus, let it let it be all gravy. And real he quick, says, and real quick. I knew he couldn't help it That's himself. right
1: where our officers, yes. the church, yes. believers, society as a whole, you go out here and talk to people, everybody will tell you almost to a person. I feel like this is getting ready to really go off the rails, right? Mm -hmm. So we're standing here on the precipice seeing what is probably coming our way. This is
0: what people need to hear. Yes. And Paul says, but none of these things things. moved me. Hmm. None of them moved me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. That's the first thing a cop has to do. Amen. When they swear that oath, they already know. They'll tell you right off the bat, um, you look around in the academy, they'll say, uh, look around, because we were talking about it today. Two, two of you may not be here tomorrow. That's right. The minute you graduate, there may be two of you that you're not going to be here. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. be standing at your graveside. He says, none of these things move me, neither counted my life dear unto me, uh, so that I might finish my course. So if you're going to cling to your life you're not going to finish your course. That's right. You're and your go- course is your calling. That's, That's what your God calling.
2: calls you to do in your life, wherever you are. You That's know, right. you I- may not be in a in a public position. You may not be a police officer. You may not be out there. You may just be a teacher. You may, be a, teacher. You may be a mom, a dad. Maybe You're a
1: spouse of a police a officer, of a police like your child, like my yeah. wife. I'm You're maybe. calling us to serve
2: yeah. in that capacity where God has you.
0: He says, uh, <laughs> "I finished my course." With joy. With joy. Now, this word joy in the Greek is the word kara. Mm-hmm. It means a deep-seated confidence mm-hmm. that no matter how bad it looks, God's going to work it out. Yeah. He's going to make it work. <laughs> and <laughs> no Absolutely. matter
2: how much you get threatened. That's right. Or intimidated or bullied, even if we're threatened with our life, which we matter. know that's coming. Guess what? If someone's going to put me in the arms of Jesus sooner, all right. Well, what is, what do I have? What, I you don't have what anything
0: I, to lose as a Christian.
2: Nothing to lose. But the, one oh of my, my own, gosh. one of my other favorite scriptures Whoa. is, "What can a mere mortal do to me? Mm, nothing."
0: That's right.
2: If you have Jesus, and if you have your faith, and if you have you understand, and you have truth and wisdom and sermon, and all of those yeah. things, what can a person do to you? Nothing, but until Therein, we understand that there you go. and the power of that.
1: Therein lies the yeah. people controlling the megaphones, yes. what right. they're trying to keep you from seeing, exactly, what they're true. trying to distract you from. Yes. It isn't the politics. No. It isn't the political agenda. It isn't whose life matters, all this other stuff. It is trying to keep you from seeing the truth that if you discover that freedom exactly of being unafraid of man, but having the fear of God, the one who's called you to these things, thats right. then they can't control you. No. People can't control you, no. man can't control no. you.
2: If you know who you are hmm. in him and you are made in the image of the almighty God and whose you are, a daughter and a son of the king of kings, once you choose to walk with him and believe right. in him and that's give your right. heart and your life to him, you have nothing to fear. I had to learn that over so many decades. Yeah. And about a year and a half or two years ago, I started praying and asking God, God, what does my name mean? Because, you know, the, in the Bible, names are very right. significant. Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, Fanchon, okay, what does that mean? I know that it's French. My parents wanted the French name. And if you look it up in a baby book, it, the, it says freedom. So I'm like, well, God, what does it mean? I mean, <laughs> is it significant? I mean, how does it relate to me? do I have a free spirit? I don't don't know. But I want to know, God, what is it that you purposed in my name for me? And I started praying about that. And in my devotion and prayer time, one morning, the Lord took me to, I think it's in Galatians. And he basically told me and showed me, I have freed you to trust in Christ alone, alone. Alone. He had to free me from fear of losing a job. Fear of man, idolizing a marriage, looking at a person or, 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 or people for my value, mm-hmm. looking at mm-hmm. all those things. Once the Lord frees you from the fear of someone taking your job, then you can stand up and say something. Yes, Once can. the Lord frees you from looking to man for your value and looking to man for acceptance and, and all of those things, you are free to then stand
1: how about that
2: you're free you're free i was never fully free and i didn't understand that but the lord purposed me and made me and gave me a name you are free and now i can look back in my life and i want you to everyone listening and watching i want you to hear this the enemy uses things in your life to inject doubt to make you try and doubt god well is he really there if that happened In your deepest, darkest trials, that is when God shows up the most and most real if you will allow him to show you how far he will go to love you, to rescue you, to pick you up. If you allow him to show you that, he's going to free you and break you of those things. Just because something is hard does not mean God is not there. That's when he has the opportunity to really step in. You get to know him personally and intimately. He wants us intimately involved with him. He wants to know us. And that takes time reading, studying, allowing Him to transform your mind and your heart. And once you do that, you are going to start this transformation process where you begin to see like Jesus, love like Jesus, serve like Jesus, feel like He feels. And then you'll be able to love what He loves and hate what He hates. There you go. And God is very clear in terms of what those things are. That's right. And it's not going to be hard, it's not going to be confusing. But I think a lot of times disappointment in our life, trauma in our life, hardship, heartache, death, sickness, all of those things. The enemy means for those things to make us doubt God and make us doubt his love for us and make us doubt truth and reality. But God purposes those things to refine us, to mold us, to really give us the opportunity to know him more intimately and deeply. And if we allow him that, there's so much freedom in that. Now, Mm -hmm. Paul
0: says that. Paul says that unmovable,
2: unmovable, or it
0: didn't move me in Acts. Mm-hmm. So you stand firm yeah. in Jesus Christ and the calling mm-hmm. that Paul had on his life. And some people might say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but that was the Apostle Paul." I mean, yeah, that's the Apostle Paul. But the scripture I read earlier is the Apostle Paul telling the entire church of Corinthians. That's right. You stand strong yes. and unmovable. Now, I happen to know, have personal information that you are involved with the PBR. (laughs) I am.
2: And that's not Pap's Blue Ribbon people. That's
0: right. It's the professional. (laughs) You won't talk about, hey, cops are tough, but there's another group of tough people. Oh, yeah. And that's people who latch on to a 2,500 pound bull. That's right. And sit on the back of a bull. That's right. With a rope yes. and a rosined yes. up leather glove. And that's, that's all right. that's between them and death. That's I mean, Quite literally. Literally. Yes. So when we talk about being unmovable, they have eight seconds. Eight seconds, yeah. That they need to stay on top of that situation.
1: So right now, everybody's <laughs> saying, wait a minute. What a shift. <laughs> How you guys they're, just get into They're home? rewinding back on the YouTube <laughs> there. They're saying... Wait a minute, not just what are you talking about, but what does Fanchon Stinger have to do with <laughs> bull I, I know, because
0: you look at her and it's like, there's right? no way that woman gets so on you, the bull. You've you're tran- probably right. Yes.
1: You've transitioned out of the media, yes. news media world. Yes. You're still in the media world, yes. right? Yes. With productions and different things like that. Tell us what you're doing now, because if we haven't blown people's mind yet, we will now. <laughs>
2: well, I'm going to tell you that this is way really the Lord blowing my mind to be ah. to be quite honest now, with you. Th-
0: no, we're st- don't don't get lost. We're still on the fact that this is a position of not being moved. You got that right. Holding right. steadfast and firm. We're going to give That's you a visual
2: right. of what that looks That's like. Right. So, growing up, I grew up in Michigan. My parents were from the South, so we would spend a lot of our summers in the South going to rodeos. The last event of a rodeo, if you guys that would know, is, is bull riding. Is I and my mom had us in cowboy hats, cowboy boots since we were little girls. Come on. Um, so I've always loved horses, riding horses. I went to horseback riding camp growing up. My favorite event in rodeos was always the bull riding. Well, in 1993, um, a group of bull riders got together and started the Professional Bull Riding League, the PBR. Hmm. Basically, hmm. for those of you who don't know the PBR, it's basically the NFL of Western sports. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and all our
1: officers in Western states—they all know what I'm talking Give us about. A show. Whoa, That's sister, right. Do they ever? <laughs> <clears throat>
2: Um, and I've had a chance to meet some of them. They're awesome. So, um, But it's always been my favorite sport. And I, and I didn't understand why at the time. But the, and I'm going somewhere with this story because God is woven all the way through this. When I was a little girl, if you go on my website for my foundation, gritandgracenation.org, we'll talk about that in a second because that comes into play here. Um, you'll see a picture of me, I think I was like two or three, standing in my grandfather's barn, touching a little calf. Hmm. If you think about a little girl, and knowing me now, who is always so fearful and all these other things, I was a diver, I was a swimmer, but I was, and I had this, this um, courage when it came to uh-huh. animals. I love animals. Yeah. So if you look at that picture, I always ask people, is that just a random picture in time? Is it just a random moment? Hmm. And you think about your life and think about pictures and places you've been and people you've seen and things that have happened, are those all random? No, they're not. They never were meant to be. And a lot of things we can think experiences and things are random. When, I, um, when the Professional Bull Riders League started, I was in college, and I remembered the day I called my dad and I was like, Dad! Because my dad loves bull riding too. Yeah. I was like, Dad, there is a whole league It's on TV right now that's all bull riding. That's it. Oh, I mean, I would sit there for hours and kind of watching it. Oh, I my mean, gosh. and my dad, So, and but my thing was, I wasn't really watching the bull riders. I was like, I knew all of the bulls yeah. Chicken on a Chain, Vodacious, oh, yeah. all those Come legends. On, I
0: remember bodacious. Do you remember? Oh, yes. yeah, the big old bull.
2: <laughs> Then I got this idea I want to own a bull. Because I started researching the business of. The PBR and the business of bulls awesome. and so I call my dad one day and I'm like dad one day I'm gonna own a bull and we're gonna name it stinger after our family and my dad's like you need to focus on your schoolwork and start <laughs> worrying about these bulls <laughs> and um but then there was something planted in me that I didn't even realize So I've always kept in contact with the bull riding, followed it. In 2009, I figured, well, okay, it's time for me to own a bull. So I started researching who the best bull contractors were in the country. Rick's laughing because he knows that this is totally me. I fly my little self to Las Vegas to the world finals. And I'm like, I am going to find this. Because I know that all the top people are going to be there. Right. Now I put on my journalist hat. And I'm like, okay, where am I going to find these people? I don't know them yet. I know their names because I researched. I need to go to the fan experience and look for a red carpet because what do we know about red carpets? All the important people are going to be around the red red carpet. carpet, So I found the red carpet and I walked up to this um, air conditioned tent in the middle of I think it was Thomas Macarena parking lot. (laughs) And I see a man standing outside on his phone. And I went up to him and I said, excuse me, sir. Um, my name's Finchon Stinger. I am here. I'm looking for these people. I would like to buy a bull. And I started explaining my my depth of knowledge of the of the sport. And I, he's right. looking at me like, I'm sure he's thinking, who is this woman? Right. And what in the world is going on right now? But he was like, oh. And I asked for two people. One of them was Chad Berger. Chad Berger is the now 12-time stock contractor yeah. of the year. He's like, oh, well, I can take you over to Chad Berger right now. He walks me over just a few feet away. And Chad's mm. at his um, exhibit, his um, uh, tent there, and we became fast friends like this. That's well amazing. that very first person that I walked up to, I had no idea who he was at the time. It was the CEO of the PBR.
1: Wow who later Holy became schmoly. the
2: CEO of IndyCar, Randy Bernard. Wow. Get out of here. He and I became friends that day. Hmm. They took me into their world behind the scenes and really treated me like family. The professional bull riders, you know, now we hear so much talk about inclusivity and diversity and all of those things. It's almost like a trendy thing now. Mm -hmm. But for the PBR, they are the epitome of what it is naturally. It's people, bull riders, people behind the scenes from different countries all coming together like a family, traveling together, working hard together you know struggling together cheering together
0: broken bones together all
2: yes all around (laughs) what the love of a sport and that's really what the body of Christ is if you think about it it's all of us from so many different backgrounds all coming together loving each other honoring each other not because of what we look like and where we came from and all this stuff it's because of all centered around the love of Christ and that's
1: law enforcement it's law enforcement yes it is is. is it's a family and that's that's
2: what God's family is it's coming around the love of the truth, the love of each other, and recognizing that, hey, we're all the same. We love the same thing. Yep. Um, so, anyway, I, so I met Chad, and unfortunately, and fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, at that time, it wasn't the right time for me to buy bulls. A year and a half ago, almost two years now, it happened. And I, and I was able to purchase Stinger.
0: Come on. <laughs> you own a bull. Not one, two. Stinger. Uh, sling slinging mud. And Lil Hot.
2: So the PBR now has just kicked <laughs> off their Stay team's league. And these is, aren't
1: just bulls out there. Oh these no, these are, are
2: bucking bulls. So let's have a little lesson for everyone watching because wow. I always, I this is if fascinating. you are it an is. animal lover, you should automatically be a fan of the PBR. And I'm gonna tell you why. I, the two things as a journalist that I cannot almost stomach at all that will make me come out of my seat and really go off is abusing children and, and abusing, abusing animals, animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and god just gave me that sensitivity sure. in terms i mean i think we all you know child abuse we all have a sensitivity there, but i think god gave me an extra sensitivity for animals and loving animals i didn't know why you know
0: cops are that way too abusing yes children yes. abusing animals the
2: first rot while well, i rescued actually was a police officer that found her yeah. and, and took her to safety and i ended up rescuing her. But anyway so a lot of people think well what is making these bulls buck are they you know and forgive me for being this straightforward, but are they tying their genitals? I need to say that because that is the number one misconception mm. yeah. in bull riding. Bull Bulls, bucking bulls, are like racehorses. They are bred to, to buck. buck. Yeah. That's, that's genealogy, it's science, it's all of those things. So those bulls, when they're born, they are monitored within the first few months they're looking for are they going to buck naturally? They have to have that natural inclination, that and then from there you take them into the system and you train them in terms of they get trained first of all with a twenty-five pound box on their back, and mm. they learn to try and buck that off. And then it's a person, I mean, then it's a dummy, then it's a person, but. Mm. They in no way are being forced or goaded or threatened. These are world class athletes. It's a we're talking about a two thousand pound bull. Mm-hmm. That bull, you want your bull, and I look at my bulls like my children, like they're my baby boys. You've probably seen me tweet about it, but they, you want your bull to be in tip-top shape when they go into that arena. Think about that. So they get the best in veterinary care. They have chiropractors. They're psychological <laughs> doctors to make sure they're okay. They have
0: chiropractors? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Bulls they have get chi- massages. Because they're athletes. Is
0: this Wagyu beef? This <laughs> <or> <laughs> they
2: get the best in care. Their
0: toenails. Uh,
2: if you are a bucking bull, you've hit the lottery. Why? You'll never be sent to slaughter. A yeah. bucking bull's career is about five to seven years. Come. After they... Hopefully have a great career. Then they are studded and Sturples, they yes, yeah. they're stud bulls and they retire at pasture until they die naturally. Mm-hmm. And and Chad Berger, who's oh, my okay. stock contractor now with my bulls, he has headstones on his property where all his bulls are buried there. And when I learned that about him and That's his heart and how amazing. much he loves those animals, like I do. That's why I wanted to do business and work that. with him. He's like a brother to me, you know? Um, and Randy Bard's still a very dear friend of mine. I just
0: want Rick to ride one. Could we set up? No, that you out? have
2: to be a professional. Mm. These guys are professional mm. athletes. Could
0: we tie Rick <laughs> on one like you did that to I wouldn't do that box? to
2: Rick. He's like my He's my oh, brother. Gosh,
0: well, he's like mine too. But I he know. Me. I feel like I've been on he's some runs you. where I felt <laughs> like I was on a.
2: Well, I will <laughs> oh, tell you, you know, then right. just in, and I just want to kind of re- bring this full circle. When I went to, actually purchased those bulls and I purchased them with some dear friends from Atlanta um, Daniel and Melissa Bruner I prayed about that because I said Lord at this point in my life as far as I've come in my journey in my relationship with the Lord I know one thing now which I didn't always do when I was more immature is ask Lord is this where you want me yeah am I supposed to be over here is this what you have yeah. for me if not I don't want it I don't I'm at right. the point now I don't want what he doesn't want for me That's right. and so I said God if if it's not your will or desire for me to have these bulls, kill the deal. I don't need it. I want to be wise yeah. with my, with my money and all the things you've blessed me with. Sure. But if you do have this for me, okay, I'll bless, bless and me. And I feel it. like yeah. the Lord was saying, I'm just, I'm giving you a desire of your heart. Just go yeah, with that's it. That's awesome. So I went with it, and mm. because of the humility I felt, and I felt like that was such a dream that I had, and I love this sport so much because of what it represents. That sport stands for faith, family, freedom. I wanted in some way to honor God and give back through this blessing and through the sport
0: faith family
2: and freedom Freedom.
1: that's awesome and freedom like fanchion yeah that's right Hmm.
2: isn't that isn't that interesting that is interesting all the way back
1: to that picture of touching the calf of
2: touching the calf And that is how my foundation, Grit and Grace Nation, was born.
1: So you're doing that through the PBR? So I have an alliance
2: with with the PBR. We're the 1st nonprofit in the history of the PBR to have an alliance with the PBR. And the mission of my foundation is equipping girls to lead with courage in Mm. everything they do while honoring faith, Family, family and freedom. freedom. The PBR is one of the most entertaining sports and events you will ever go to. I challenge anyone, I if the PBR ever comes to your city, go to an, an event, you will walk away a fan. It's the only sport that I know of that starts with a prayer. Yeah. Um, really? Every single time in arena. Oh, yeah. Yes. They have
0: chaplains there. Eh? Yes. And yeah, starts awesome. with
2: honoring our flag, honoring our law enforcement every single event, um, and really exemplifying why we're so grateful and thankful to be in this country that yeah. we're in and the metaphor and people say well what does bull riding have to do with girls the girls riding the bulls no it's a metaphor of life when we are riding through the ups and downs of life it takes grit and it takes grace but how do we get there we have to understand that when just like those bull riders, when they're on top of that bull and a lot of those guys are like 150 140 pounds are not know, very they're big, not big. It's They're stout. hanging on to that rope with one hand and Come the on. and the and the object is to not touch the bull or touch anything with the free hand for eight seconds. That's a long that's eight a, seconds. Oh yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> but we have to hold on to our faith the same way those bull riders are holding on to that rope. Are it's we gonna get no, unmovable, unshakable? Steadfast. Steadfast. Are we gonna get knocked off? Of course. Yeah. The key for a bull rider is to focus on the bull's hump and to stay in sync. With the weight, because you don't know how the bull is going to right. buck. You don't know which way they're going to twist, which way they're going to turn. Their body can go that's all That's the surprise, kinds of ways. right? When you get knocked down, you could get stomped on. You could get a broken bone. When we get knocked down in life, when we have, you know, despair or unexpected things happen, and 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 we are taken by surprise, can it take us out? Of course. And when things come, can it, the enemy uses those things to try and give, have you give up on your faith? That's right. But you never. And I tell the girls. You look at those bull riders, sometimes they're limping, they can barely walk, but what are they going to do? They're going to go get it fixed. They're going to come back and they're going to ride. Back on that bull. And that's the determination. That's yeah. the grit. Once you start to do that in your life, you will experience oh, yeah. the unimaginable grace of God.
0: Amen. Mm.
2: When you see God reach out of heaven, like I said earlier, and move in your life, work things out, do things that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that only he can do, you Once once you experience that grace, then it does something to transform your heart, to transform your mind, and now what are you able to do? You're able to extend that same grace to other people. Why? Because you want them to experience that same thing. So all of the girls who um, apply for scholarships through Grit and Grace Leadership Scholarships, we bring them to PBR events. We take them behind yes, the chutes. We teach them about how the bulls are cared for, animal welfare. We dispel a lot of that misinformation mm-hmm. that the media has propagated out there about bull riding and we give them the truth. And then we take them into the event. We take them down on the dirt. The whole event stops for our girls and the whole arena is honoring them because those girls have submitted a video of how they're exhibiting leadership in their community. And it can be in anything. Yeah. Gymnastics It could be in anything. It doesn't have wow. to be Western sports. And then we announced the winner that night and we are showing those young ladies that, hey, you're doing the right thing. You're standing for values. You have that courage. You have That's that right. determination. We're going to honor that. And then we are matching those girls with ladies. We call it ladies who lead yeah. ladies who exhibit those same values and whatever they are doing in business and whatever it is. And we want to connect them because we want to combat this cancel culture with an honor culture. Yeah. honor what's right honor what's good be a young lady be virtuous stand for be graceful so some of our graceful compassion selfless confidence be selfless in everything that you do um, and you're and doing this
1: in cities all across the country. We're doing this in
2: cities across the country.
1: Is it every event that PBR does?
2: It's not every single. We have certain cities that we will rotate every season. But any girls from any area can apply for our scholarships. They don't have to be at a PBR event, but they can go on our website, writtengracenation.org, and apply for our scholarships. We're going to be um, establishing some other new things that are coming. We have an app now. We're going to be yeah, working awesome. on um, a television show that will be coming out very yeah. soon. So there's um, going to be
1: officers they are going to have daughters they want to point to yes. this. Or they interact with a young lady on runs yeah. or through police yeah, work or whatnot. Yeah. That they could kind of point yeah. them to this. Where do they go to find out about it?
2: Gritandgracenation.org. Um, we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook as well. Our app, download our app. It's in the app store right now, Grit and Grace Nation. Um, but the PBR gives us an ability and a platform to honor girls who are standing for what's right right now in a, in a society that's wow. trying to pull them in so many negative um and Look at all negative your other directions. professional sports and, and all, yeah, their exactly. on that. <laughs> exactly. And the yeah. PBR has not, has been unashamed in terms of um, honoring good Western values. I and mean, we have a country that was built on Western values where people worked together. Yes, we have things that we that's have right. to work on and fix. but fundamentally people
0: work together
2: people working together what do I say working together works it mm-hmm. just works it just works and if you have the ability through the transformation mm-hmm. of your heart to see everyone no matter who they are where they're from as a brother as a sister only Jesus can do that that's right. it's not this mm-hmm. social construct that's going to that makes us look at our race and our gender and all these different things and focus on division focusing on division We are all made in the image of God and we're all equal. Because why? Not because of someone said something, Mm -hmm. not because of some program. It's because God said it. That's right. And when it starts with him, there's no conversation needed after that. That's right. Mm. Now we just need to instill in our young ladies and our young men. You are wonderfully and beautifully beautifully made made. and God says that you are a child of his. You're a child of the king. That's right. So no one can tell you you're a victim. You're not a victim. You are a victor. That's right. You were Mm -hmm. born a victor. That's right. Are do you are there circumstances? Yes. Can you overcome? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus says with God, all, all things, things are, possible. are possible. I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens, who strengthens me. me. You don't need someone to tell you that you can't do something because you're born in the wrong neighborhood. You don't, you're not the right color. You're an oppressor. You're this, yeah. you're that. Those are labels and those are lies. That's
0: those are right. lies. That's right. And
2: we and our young people need to know that and need to hear that. That's
1: yeah, right. Anybody watching this, you need to put your daughter or, or a young lady in front of the screen and have them watch just that yeah. because people need to hear that and they're not hearing that in other venues.
2: Well, I will tell you my grandfather was part of the Civil Rights Movement and he Mm. was actually the head of the Civil Rights Movement in Natchez, Mississippi. And he worked with Martin Luther King, he worked with um, Andrew Young, all those guys who were fighting and standing strong against um, the the injustice of that time. And they sacrificed, my family, so many other families, black and white, sacrificed, why? Because they wanted us, me, my, gra- my grandfather's granddaughter to know that you are equal.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: You have the same gifts, the same abilities, the same um, opportunity as everyone else. They wanted us to be just considered equal. Now we have some, we have people telling our children that you're not equal That's right. because of how you look. That is and the, the it's exact opposite. That's right. Of what the civil rights movement stood for, stands for, and will always stand for. And now wants and it's to not teach true. them in
0: school at the youngest age yes. that they're not equal.
2: Yes, and we have children going into entering counseling because this is destroying them psychologically. Right. Mm-hmm. This is this is opposite of civil rights. If someone's telling you that this is civil rights, that is not true. It is a lie from the pit of hell because it's because God doesn't have, say
0: that. I have to control myself here, just so you know, because. I want to get...
2: But our children are being destroyed because of this. Forthwith
0: about this. But, yeah. And I know we're almost out of time, but,
2: yeah. but I'm I just, here to I tell
0: you it's so wicked.
2: It's very wicked. And it, it's,
0: is the, and it really boils down to love and hate. Love and hate. I love these children, and I hate these children.
2: And I will tell you, if anyone tries to um, defend that, and I'm just going to speak with me. I'm going to use myself as an example. If someone were to tell me that I, and first of all, it's not true, because I was able to, to work in a job and be successful and do all these things. So there's not, there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong with me that's keeping me from doing something. That's right. Okay, now, are there barriers? Are there things we have to overcome? Yes. Absolutely. But God will give you and open a door and do all those things. My parents weren't people who had people they could call and give get favors Thank from. Thank you. God did that for God me. God
0: did that for you.
2: And if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have everything you need. That's I'll say that. But if if you're in a situation where you're being t- and I'm being told well you're this color so you're not gonna be able to make it the person telling me that has to believe that
0: there you go thank you
2: that person has to be we should be I'm offended and
0: that's the, most that's bigot- the
2: definition oh, of racism gosh. so if you're telling me that well you're brown so you can you have these problems you need all this extra help and you're this and you're that and you're white da. da, da that those on both sides that is a definition of racism. That is what this country fought to abolish. And the so voice you hear the it?
0: loudest is the voice you follow.
2: And, and again, we're in a post-truth society.
0: If the, and the voice you hear the loudest, that's the voice you follow, even if it's your own. Yeah. This is what leads people to deep depression, to yes. suicide, Anxiety. these other things. Anxiety. Because the voice they're hearing the loudest. Well, how many years do you spend in school? So, too many. <laughs> How, <who> get, <laughs> right now. No. Who gets your ear even yeah. more than your parents today? Yeah. Who gets your ear? Your the television does. The teacher, the professor, uh, the politician. Everybody's pulling at your ear.
2: And if everyone's saying what seems like the same thing, then you're thinking it must be true. Must Just be because true. you're hearing something over and over again, please hear me, people. It doesn't mean that it's true. How many
0: times did Jesus say, let them that have ears to hear hear? hear what the Spirit is saying to them. He wasn't talking to a whole group of earless Jewish people no. who had had their ears severed off their head. We have an account where Peter cut one off, but I mean, <laughs> everybody else pretty much had ears on the side of their yeah. head. He's talking about their inner ear. Yeah. So he's saying, if you have an ear to hear yes. what I'm saying, let the Spirit speak to you. Yes. Well, again, that comes back to the very importance of the voices that speak into your life. Yes. That forms your belief system. And if you don't change the voices from negative to positive, from lies to truth, then the world has learned Mm -hmm. that they can form whole generations through manipulation, which the Bible calls manipulation witchcraft. Witchcraft. It's not a little black-hatted, riding on a broom person, it's actually a person that learns to manipulate you yes. through lies. Yes,
2: our children need to hear, you are loved. You Thank can you. do anything God calls you to do. It doesn't matter what barriers are in front of you. What's you can friends? overcome. There is no such thing. Well, I'm not gonna go there right now today. Well, that's another conversation. You know, well, let me ask do, you this.
1: You've, you've, in our discussion here today, I can tell you you've undoubtedly rocked the world of law enforcement. You've shook the world of media and global media <laughs> venues. You're talking about people need to hear the truth, and we know that you're not going to necessarily get that in your school or uh, social media or these other avenues. That really is the role of the church. Yes. The church being the people of God, not a building, but the people of God. That's right. What's your concerns or what are you seeing in that realm when it comes to the church and the people of God relaying and putting the truth of God in front of others. Well, I'm
2: deeply concerned about that right now, and that comes out of some research that we have gotten recently. I'm going to um, quote a statistic. This comes from the Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University, and it says that slightly more than a third, meaning 37% of U.S. pastors hold a biblical worldview. Now, I'm going to repeat that. 37%. Wait a
1: minute. You're saying more than a third Hold it. So you're saying two thirds don't student, don't. That's correct.
2: The majority, sixty two percent possess a hybrid worldview, Which is not a biblical worldview.
0: Now what's a now, now when you use the term hybrid. Talk in the mic there. When we when I am talking in the mic, it's something's going on with it. When when you talk about the word hybrid, if you go Indiana's a big corn state, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at signs along the road, for all of you who live here in corn-bearing states, you'll see these big signs where there are companies that have fields full of hybrid corn. The word hybrid means it's not pure. It didn't come from the original seed or the original stock. It's been messed with. Right. It's been altered. Yes. It's been changed yes. to produce something that has been asked for, Mm -hmm. it's not what God created when he gave the first seed.
2: And I would say seed in this instance is his word. His word. The truth. That's right. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It hasn't changed. So if we are starting to see cultural influences seeping into the church and changing the gospel and changing God's word, right. changing what he taught. We have to be very concerned. And we talked a little bit about pastors and the responsibility that comes with shepherds and, and, right. and the people that are, are given the responsibility to lead the flock, lead the sheep. We need to, and I would encourage you to make sure that you are in a church that is fully a hundred percent Biblical. Hey, and the only oh, way yeah. you're going to know that is if you read your Bible. There you go. One of the lessons <sighs> that I had to learn in my walk. That's why we with keep driving faith, our officers
1: yes, back, back to, to the word. Do
2: not rely on what someone is telling you. Get in the Word every single day. Until I did that, I was susceptible. To influences from the outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was. It was easy to say, "Oh, well, it's okay if I hang out with these people. No big deal." I believe in God. Well, remember, the devil believes that there is a God.
0: Yeah, he uh, believes in God, uh, and, God uh, and, and trembles
2: and trembles. Yeah. So, what did he do to Jesus when he tempted him? He used a little bit of scripture. And he said, what? I can give you these things if you just bow out." He doesn't own anything. He didn't create anything. He, the, I, he can't give you anything. He didn't make the world.
0: All the way back to Adam and Eve, the big thing that he said to Eve was, now has God said Did it? he really say that? Did, he, Did question? he really say yeah. that? You
2: need to know Come for on. yourself what God said. If someone says something to me, I'm like, wait a minute. If God didn't say it, I'm really not interested, number one. Number two, if you're upset with something God said, don't take that up with me. I didn't write the word he that's did right, you need to did. take that up with him so we're not mm-hmm. going to have any conversations yeah. about and any arguments about that that's right. god's word is very clear right there is very where many
1: clear. in the church are getting stuck yeah so say that again so that's the that's the easiest way to respond right yeah if is, you're
2: upset about something if you're questioning something please don't get upset with me because i did not write the bible god right. did take that up with him but when when that's when where I, the
1: christian gets bogged down that's
2: and well in fear, we, of, man. In fear of man and well, I don't want to be seen as someone who hates and God didn't, we're not as a Christian if you truly have Jesus in your heart mm-hmm. you can, you don't hate God tells us to love everyone did we ever I'm just gonna ask this question did we ever anywhere in the bible see Jesus accept sin Better. no he calls us to love everyone and call people to do what to repent of sin and turn from your ways and walk a new life so So when he would heal christianity is not about hating christianity is not about rules and regulations it's about freedom being free to enjoy the fullness that god has given us on this great earth that he has created and we have to know what he says the most important thing for us to do is know god's word if you if you read the Bible, you open it if I just don't understand it. Well pray. God will give you eyes to He'll see. He'll give you eyes to he, see. And he will come alive through his word. His word is living. It's a living word. Yeah. Those aren't just words, we're just saying. Test it. Pick up the Bible. Start with John. Read John three times and ask God to open your eyes.
0: There
1: you go. Trust but verify. Trust, Trust but, but verify. verify. You always yep. said yes. Yep.
2: So I just I just feel as though we have to get back to the truth. And we yes, have so to we get do. back to the word. And that's what's burning in my heart right now is because there are sadly some churches that are not preaching truth and preaching the Bible, and we and we, and that's is not me, me saying this, this is. We have the statistics that show us right that, there. and that's very, very dangerous. No
0: hybrid word. We got to wrap it up here. Yeah. But I just want to say, no high, hy- and the preachers, listen to me. I know some of you are watching. No hybrid word. Go back to the word. Amen. And then you will have people that trust what you say. Because they will sense and know that you're speaking to them the truth. And if
2: people leave because you're not telling, the, because you are telling them the truth, let them leave. That's their decision. Like you can't, you can't water down the go. word because you're trying to fill a building. Thank but That's you. not, that's not shepherding. You can't anymore.
0: find me one verse where, uh, and my pastor says this, Doctor Mark T. Barkley. You can't find me one verse where Jesus said church growth is your deal. No. He said it's his. Yeah. So. Um, stop doing these things and wandering down the word to amass a crowd, be the church, grow a church, grow disciples, and they'll be a blessing in your life. Mm-hmm. I got one question to ask you, and then we got to wrap this up yes. pretty tight. Can a bull <laughs> have a calf? No. So a bull bulls, cannot bulls give. Bulls are boys. Bulls are boys.
2: Bulls are male.
0: So Cattle. so if so a cow is the only origin that can have a calf. Correct. So if we were talking about humans, can a man have a baby?
2: The law of nature is the law of nature.
0: That would be no. Yeah. As made by God.
1: As As made by by God. God. So one translation of the scripture that we read, it's it's translated to the words to say, hold fast. Hold fast. And that's what you talk about with the bull riders. That's what you've talked about in your career in journalism. That's what you talked about for our officers who are standing in the line. We need them to hold fast. Hold fast. And it's also what we need from the church, the body of Christ. And
2: don't get discouraged when disruption comes. That's right. Don't get discouraged if you make a wrong decision. Don't get discouraged. Jesus is always there holding his hand out. He will use that to make you stronger. I've not always made the right decisions. What you hear and see today is
0: years Years. There you go.
2: Study, correction, teaching, hanging on, getting back up, getting back on, refusing to let go of my faith. Now, had I done that, and I let go of my faith, that picture of me in my grandfather's barn, God knew then what He had purposed for me with bulls, with my ministry, with my career. If at any point I had turned away, who and what I am today would not have happened.
0: That's right. And that's my
2: message to everyone. We're
0: so thankful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of. uh, of our little well, podcast and what we're doing and trying to help people and well and we said we appreciate you.
1: We said that uh, we don't always know the answers, right? No. We don't always have no. the answers, but we know the one who does.
2: Amen. Yep.
1: And uh, thank you for being with us. You're I'm going to ask you: Would you be willing to close us out in prayer? I would and be pray honored. Over our That's viewers? Awesome. I would be honored Please to do, do that. Do. Yes, awesome.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now as brothers and sisters and as children of the Most High God. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for your sacrifice for us. We thank you so much for your love and your guidance. Lord, I just ask right now that you touch hearts that are within viewing or listening distance of our voices. Lord, I ask that you show whoever right now is listening and doubting. Whoever right now is contemplating giving up, that you show them how real and loving you are. God, I just ask right now that you continue to cover and protect our law enforcement, their families, our communities, the citizens of this country. God, I just pray a covering over every man, every woman, every little girl and every little boy right now, that you protect their minds, Lord, protect their hearts lord help us to see the truth and know the truth and recognize you help us to hear your voice lord help us to move and and speak and act and care for each other how you showed us with love with genuine compassion and counting everyone as equal god i just ask right now that you continue to bless this ministry that you continue to help it to move into people's homes and into people's hearts. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And God, we just ask that you continue to keep your hand on this nation. Lord, we pray for our leadership. We pray for wisdom. We pray for repentance. We pray, Lord, that wherever we have cut you out or shut the door, that we as a nation open that door and allow you back in. Lord, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you in everything that we do and everything that we are. In your precious son's name, in Jesus' name,
0: amen. 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 Hey, well, we got to wrap it up, man. It's hard to stop, but we're going to have to <laughs> I today.
1: think we may have to have you back sometime. I we, would love to there. Oh, come to we bed. need you to have,
0: yeah. yeah. Hey, don't forget to hit the bell, subscribe, send a comment, let us know. Uh, if something's touched your heart, it means a lot to us. It lets us know that we're... Uh, at least doing a good job of what we're doing. You guys are
2: doing amazing. uh, Thank you. We
0: appreciate you. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. See you soon. And that's good stuff. That's (laughs) That's good
2: good stuff. stuff.
0: (laughs) Hit that bell. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.